This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, April 3rd. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Kate Trinko. Today, our podcast co-host, Rachel Del Judas, interviews a woman living in Italy about what life is like there right now as the nation grapples with a massive COVID-19 crisis and quarantine. Don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now, on to our top news. million Americans filed for unemployment benefits in the last week of March, according to the Department of Labor, showing that economic fallout from coronavirus continues. Unemployment was a record low of 3.5% in February, and now that number has likely jumped to 9.7%, according to the Heritage Foundation Research Fellow Rachel Gresler. Gresler says the 3,000% increase in unemployment claims compared with February's weekly claims can largely be attributed to the passage of the CARES Act, which provides broad unemployment benefits to many Americans, and President Trump's extension of business closures and social distancing practices through April 30th. In an op-ed for the Daily Signal, Gressler suggests that the temporary higher-than-usual unemployment benefits may encourage some businesses to lay off workers who would otherwise keep them employed. In other words, some workers might actually make more being unemployed than working right now. Gressler recommends that unemployment benefits be capped at 100% of workers' previous wages. This one common-sense fix could prevent millions of lost jobs and help reboot the economy once this public health crisis subsides, she says. Another sad milestone in the United States, there have now been over 5,000 coronavirus deaths in our country. According to the Johns Hopkins University Coronavirus Resource Center, there are now 226,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the U.S., Out of the 5,300 Americans who have died from the coronavirus, about 2,000 were from New York City or New York State. Governor of New York Andrew Cuomo made a sobering announcement Thursday during a press briefing via The Hill. We are also still in the business of looking for ventilators, to buy ventilators. It's too late to ask a company to make them. in any way that would work for our time frame. You look at our time frame, seven days to 30 days, no one is going to be able to make a ventilator for you in that period of time. Cuomo pleaded with able businesses to step up and begin producing needed supplies, such as gloves, gowns, and masks. He said the state of New York would compensate companies for their efforts and cut through red tape to allow production to begin ASAP. But we need what we need. If a person comes in and needs a ventilator and you don't have a ventilator, the person dies. That's the blunt uh, equation here. And right now we have a a burn rate that would suggest we have about six days in the stockpile. But, But we are taking all sorts of extraordinary measures. I've spoken to health people all across the nation, Dr. Zucker's done all sorts of research. Uh, And we have extraordinary measures in place that can make a difference uh, if we run into a real ventilator shortage. The federal government is sending medical supplies to New York and New Jersey. 
Recently, the FBI found a whopping 192,000 medical masks and 598,000 medical gloves being hoarded. And under the Defense Production Act, they confiscated the supplies. Now, the government is sending supplies to two of the hardest hit states, New York and New Jersey. If you are amassing critical medical equipment for the purpose of selling it at exorbitant prices, you can expect a knock at your door, said Attorney General William Barr in a statement. The Department of Justice's COVID-19 Hoarding and Price Gouging Task Force is working tirelessly around the clock with all our law enforcement partners to ensure that bad actors cannot illicitly profit from the COVID-19 pandemic facing our nation. Arizona Republican Senator Martha McSally is asking the World Health Organization Director General to step down. Here's what she told Fox Business in an interview. I've been studying communist China my whole life uh, in the military. I've never uh, trusted a communist. And their cover-up of this virus that originated with them uh, has caused unnecessary deaths around America and the world. So this report is not surprising at all. They need to come clean. And another piece of this is the WHO needs to stop covering for them. Uh, I think Dr. Tedros needs to step down. Uh, We need to take some action to address this issue. It's just... It's irresponsible. Uh, It's unconscionable what they've done here while we have people dying across the globe. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced a new congressional committee. It will be chaired by Representative Jim Clyburn, who is the number three Democrat in the House, and it will examine how the money in the aid packages passed by Congress in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis is spent. The select committee will root out waste, fraud, and abuse and ensure money makes it to those who need it most, the working family struggling to pay rent and put food on the table, Pelosi tweeted. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy told reporters per Fox News that inside the bill that we passed, we did put in oversight and it seems really redundant to have a new committee. The Democratic National Convention originally set to take place in Milwaukee in July, has been delayed one month due to the coronavirus pandemic, as reported per The Hill. The four-day convention will now begin on August 17th. The Democratic National Convention Committee may change the structure of the event to lessen the number of attendees, but they have not made a formal statement yet. Governor Gavin Newsom of California, a Democrat, sounds open to the idea of using the coronavirus crisis to promote left-wing ideas. Here's what he said in remarks on NBC via Grabian's Tom Elliott. I'm wondering if you see the potential, as some others in your party do, for a new progressive era, if you want to call it that, in um, national politics and policy and whether there's the opportunity for additionally progressive steps, um, such as the ones that I listed on the national and state level uh, going forward, you know, because of this crisis. You know, we've had some uh, very deep uh, policy conversations in this space now for weeks. Uh, Let us remind, despite the fact that California was running uh, historic uh, economic output in terms of our GDP growth, in terms of our net, uh, well, from job creation to low unemployment to record reserves, surpluses. Uh, The wealth 
uh, distribution, the income inequality uh, was not something that was substantially improving. Later, in response to that same original question, Newsom concluded. But absolutely, we see this as an opportunity to reshape uh, the way we do business and how we govern. And that shouldn't put shivers up the spines of, you know, one party or the other. I think it's an opportunity anew for both parties to come together and meet this moment and really start to think more systemically, not situationally, not just about getting out of this moment, but more sustainably and systemically to consider where we can go together this historic moment if we meet it at a national level and a state and subnational level. So answer is yes. The New England Patriots are stepping up to help in the fight against COVID-19. A team airplane was used Thursday to fly 1.2 million medical face masks to America from China. The governor of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker, tweeted a photo of the plane being loaded and said, thanks to some serious teamwork, Massachusetts is set to receive over 1 million N95 masks for our frontline workers. Huge thanks to the crafts and several dedicated partners for making this happen. In a statement reported on by ESPN, Patriots owner Robert Kraft said, It is an honor for our family to be a part of this humanitarian mission. We knew that purchasing greatly needed N95 masks and providing the Patriots plane to expedite their delivery to local hospitals would immediately help protect our courageous healthcare professionals. Next up, we'll have Rachel's interview with a woman living in Italy about what it's really like on the ground there. The Daily Signal's priority is to make sure you and your family are receiving the best information on how to stay healthy and keep the coronavirus from spreading. Here is an important message from U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Jerome Adams discussing how young people can help slow the spread of the virus. A question I often get asked is why should young people care about the spread of coronavirus? Well, we know that people with underlying medical conditions over the age of 60 are at highest risk, but they've got to get it from somebody. And it's why during our 15 days to slow the spread initiative, we're encouraging young people to avoid large gatherings of 10 people or more, because we know that if you get coronavirus, you're at risk for spreading it to someone else. I'm joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Aura Latore. She joins us from Bari, which is on the Adriatic Sea in southern Italy. Aura, it's great to have you on the Daily Signal podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your job and if it's been impacted by coronavirus? Well, I'm uh, I'm from Venezuela originally. Uh, today, it's 10 years that I moved in. In, in Italy. So, um, yes, my work uh, is in media and communication. We uh, have a platform that shows, uh, that gives communication and marketing for uh, companies, manufacturing, um, design, furniture, lighting, carpeting. So, the problem is that since we can do all our work, from from yeah everything is digital our um, clients are not they are manufacturers and the the part of italy uh, mostly hit that is the northern part is where almost all the um, middle and high-end furniture and lighting is is made so everything's pretty much on a stall so ara can you set the scene for us right now on what things are like in bari 
Well, everything's a little bit eerie. There's no people on the street. This is a small city. Well, it's medium, yeah, medium-sized city. Um, and everything pretty much switches off at 7 p.m. Everything closes. And, uh, uh, but there's a, just a little bit of people on the streets. And the only problem we have got, maybe uh, in the beginning of the lockdown, it was people didn't, you know, want to, didn't want to follow the instructions from the mayor, just to not assemble, not to have more than two people together. So that was a little bit of a problem. People, people were not taking this seriously uh, from the beginning and they would go, uh, you know, running and meeting at the squares and, you know, we are by the beach. So people would just, you know, want to do like normal life and now people pretty much got it. And, uh, but everything's very quiet, which is normally it's not the way Barry is. So it's, it's very strange. Um, yeah, it, the, the first, uh, you know, the first days where we would go out in the, to the balcony uh, at midday or at 6 p.m. to sing the hymn, the national anthem, or, uh, you know, to try to cheer each other's up, that, that's not happening anymore. People are just trying to go, you know, get through the day. And that's pretty much it. The only thing we can do is go outside for grocery shopping or, um, you know, for, to go to the pharmacy and that's pretty much it. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, are they still, so apparently they're not singing anymore. And as a follow-up to that, what is Italy like right now in your town, especially are people still going outside for walks? What is allowed and what isn't allowed? Okay. We have a very strict lockdown. Uh, we are not allowed to go out just to, you know, to, um, within the radio of 200 meters from home. If you have a dog, you can walk it, uh, simple stuff. They said yesterday, um, the, you know, the prime minister, that uh, the odd walk about with your, you know, infant is, it is allowed but that's pretty much it. And not even, you know, both parents. There has to be one parent taking the, uh, the baby outside just for a little bit. And that's but no, you know, you don't have access again to these little parks. It, it's not about playing outside. It's just about catching some fresh air and then go back. To, to your house. So we have a very strict lockdown. We, we are, it's not allowed that much to go running because they know that people, you know, if everyone's, you go, go out running, there will be a lot of people. And yes, yeah, it, it's been very strict. Wow. So are you, you are able to go outside just for physical exercise, but are, are you needing like permission slips or anything like that to prove like that is what you're doing or has it come to that yet or not? Well, we have a, we need to carry, um, you know, around a, like an auto certification that you live in the, in the neighborhood where you're going or going out. They could be, you know, they could, they could ask you uh, for the ID and for this um, bona, fide, bona fide certification that you are, uh, you, you, you are a neighbor of that district, that you live there. Um, there are, they have, there has been a lot of, um, a lot of fines already. 
that people from people you know on the streets that walking or just you know with other people and making conversation not squares so that, that we got to the point where people are being fined so I'm sure no day is typical for you just because you know things happen and I don't I mean maybe it is typical now that you're quarantined but can you walk us through because the quarantine is so strict what your days have looked like well my days look like being at home I have, I I work eight hours uh, because I I can carry on with my work um, uh, in my case. So I do nine to nine to six, and uh, I stay home. I I go out only twice a week for grocery shopping. Fortunately, I don't have to go to the doctor. I I don't have any conditions, so I'm I'm one of the luckies, the lucky ones. So that's pretty much it. I stay home. I really stay home. So you had mentioned before uh, when we were setting up this email uh, that the eerie feeling that you perceive every time you go grocery shopping and how disheartening it is because you sense distrust among your neighbors. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. It's when I, um, when you're walking on the sidewalk, people are just, you know, they try to avoid even uh, eye contact. It, it's amazing. Um, the We are very... Um, it's it's tr- people are very anxious and we have every uh, every day at 6 p.m we have the the report from the national authorities on health and they continue giving us this amazing these horrible numbers of you know the death toll uh today it was seven seven hundred thirty something and that's so disheartening so people are yeah they they you know we we feel we're under attack, and the the next person you you find on the street could be <laughs> the person that might get you infected. So that's very strange. People are very friendly here, and you know, talkative, and you know, and that's it's not it anymore. So has it sort of changed the mood of the Italian people and even like their hospital, you know, their hospitality, just because it's this is how Italians tend not to be, but in today's uh, society with coronavirus has changed Absolutely. Things. Yes, especially in the South. Um, we are, you know, people here are very friendly and they will talk to everybody. And I, I you know, you saw me, uh, I'm, I'm Venezuelan, so I'm, you know, my, my, my physical aspect uh, makes you think that I'm not originally from Italy, so I'm always being asked questions about where where I'm from. People are very cur- curious. This is not happening. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they're you're not talking to anyone. How are grocery stores doing where you're at? I know in the states, um, like we're running on things like toilet paper and cleaning supplies. <laughs> but how are you all doing when it comes to the grocery and other things? We're doing good. I, I haven't encountered any problem when it comes when it comes to the grocery shopping or supplies or you know basic staples or even you know every time I go out and try to find uh, you know even special things like I don't know almonds or strawberries or whatever it is imported imported goods I find everything. Uh, there's no shortage of anything here. We're very lucky, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, what we consume when it comes to food, everything is produced in Italy. So we haven't had 
any problems and there hasn't been any 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 particular problems maybe in sicily like a couple of weeks ago there were attempts or uh, of looting or something but it was just you know there, there were just outlaws are trying to profit from a difficult situation but no it's we, I'm, I'm not worried about that well, it's so good to hear that um, that's not a worry right now. I know you mentioned that you're not uh, really interacting with anyone, but if you have any have had any interactions with neighbors or friends, what have those been like? Oh, uh, in this moment, you mean normally? Yeah, well, like if you have run into anyone, like a, maybe a, a neighbor on your street or someone in your apartment, have you have talked to anyone? If if that's even happened, what has that been like? Uh, well, yeah, I, this is, this is, uh, I live in the city center, so you can do everything by foot. So everything is like very close. And I would, I, I used to see my friends to, to meet my friends two or three times a week. So uh, that is something that's not, it's not happening. You're not uh, allowed to invite anyone over uh, that only the people that live, you know, in the year and in the same household are supposed to be together. So it's not visiting people or anything. This is, this is not holiday. We are, he was isolated, who lives alone should remain alone. We cannot take any chances. And, um, you know, that's why they closed all activities and they closed all activities, uh, you know, like, like, um, beauty salons or cinemas, theaters, everything's closed. So they, they even close the bars, you know, the typical bar where you go out in, in the morning and have the coffee and your cornetto, your croissant, they're, they're all even close those. So they are trying to, uh, the people, you know, avoid any social contact apart from your, you know, household. Have any parts of Italy been put under martial law or is just police patrolling without it actually being martial law? Well, we 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 don't have a curfew. So you pretty much can go out and do whatever you have got to do, uh, grocery shopping, pharmacy, doctor, and, and go back. Or even if you work in a basic industry, you have to go to work. and you But you need to carry your bona fide uh, certification to show if you're stopped. So you see the patrol uh, going around and just, you know, making sure that everyone's safe and that there, there's no problems. I haven't seen myself anyone being stopped, but I, you know, I, I talk to my friends every day and they, they all have, you know, this, this short, the, the stories that these things are happening. And they, they say it on TV. Today we had to find 100 people because they were here, they were there. People are also, uh, and we are exerting a little bit of uh, social, you know, social control among us. People, when they see uh, gatherings, they send the picture, they can do it anonymously to the mayor, the, the webpage uh, um, profile, and they, yes, they let the authorities know when things are not, when, where, where are, you know, when there are these um, parts of the city where people are not following the rules. But we, we are not under martial law. So the, the, the law enforcement, though, they have set up ways where Italians can basically tell law enforcement or their authorities, oh, I saw this, you know, social gathering going on. Yes, yeah. And they can interesting. Yes. They, so they you... asked us to do that, though, to, to try to help each other and help them make people understand that they, they need to be home. 
Well, do you know anyone who has gotten coronavirus or any friends of friends? Have you heard of any personal stories of um, anyone you know being sick? Uh, I've got a friend of a friend uh, whose children are in school. So one of the mothers are, yeah, they, they've been to, I think they've been hot to the hospital, but everything was just, they, they got better. But I don't have any direct, um, direct friend, fortunately, who has got it. Well, that's definitely fortunate to hear. What is your perspective of how the Italian government has handled the whole situation? Well, I think they're doing it well now. The thing is, is this is very strict and people are um, concerned about their uh, civil rights or yeah, the basic <laughs> freedoms. But everything happens because we should have done this before. We should have done this in February when it, it was clear that something very wrong was happening. And we have these many flights direct from Milan and Rome to different parts of China. And our airports were now closing. Then Italy closed um, those kind of uh, flights. But then Germany kept on bringing people back and forth and you know many people just use german airports or french airports to get to europe and then they just move by train or you know so uh, yes we should have done this before maybe they, it didn't have to be this this bad this strict but then we got to the point where you cannot hide anymore and we were asked to be um to social um, distance, like for real, on March 9th. So that's three weeks, almost almost four weeks now. So, yeah. Uh, but I think they're handling, they, they are uh, constantly on TV. They are reassuring people. They're telling people, you know, figures and what to do. And you have the Ministry of Health constantly giving advice, trying to, um, you know, advising people on what fake news are around and trying to debunk myths. And, you know, they, they pretty much every day with the help of, you know, the mayors, and uh, you know, addressing the people and doing lives and um, answering questions. We, I feel safe and I, I, I feel it's, for me, it's best to be here than anywhere and anywhere else in the world, I guess, in this situation. So what do you think, uh, given that you think the quarantine might have started a little bit too late, do you have any idea when it might end? Well, um, countries that have been through this situation before, they've done pretty much eight weeks of quarantine whoever can stay at home eight weeks seems to be the right amount of time. It seems like it's, it's a lot, uh, but it seems like if you don't want to pay a higher price afterwards, that's the minimum you should, you know, you should keep the most of the people at home. Uh, so I think it's pretty much the end of April that we're going to go this way. And then uh, it's, we're going to, re, you know, you know we, we're going to go back to normal, but little by little. I think there will be, um, you know, like 
groups of people that would be allowed first and then the you know what i mean it won't be like all at once it'll be more gradual yes so what has been the most dis- difficult aspect of Italy's coronavirus crisis for you personally? What has been the hardest part about what you've had to go through in the past couple of weeks and months? When it comes to, it seems like the hospitals in the south of Italy are still, are hanging in there. Uh, actually, we are getting uh, patients from the north because the north is just a different it's a different story there it's like it's warfare still they are today they were reporting that um they the number of of deaths have been a little bit lower but still that's way too much uh, but they have less people going into um reanimation they have less people needing um ven- ventilators i think that's that's a name for it so it's it seems like the contagion continues even if it's you know decreasing but they seem to be more stable now i think that the worst part has been witnessing all these elderly people just fade away and die by the hundreds every day that is something we i think we we that will be very difficult to to overcome and to get over from if ever and it, it really has such a large population of elderly people that is really heartbreaking to see yes that we are the second oldest um, population in europe after germany and uh, people live live long here they, you know, you, you take pride on, you know, you see over centennials <laughs> going around and living their lives. And that's amazing. So, yeah, getting to the point where you can make people live good, live, live very well for such a long time. And then something comes and just starts wiping them away. It's heartbreaking. Mm, I cannot imagine so looking at how hard it has been, are there any aspects of the situation that could be seen from any sort of a positive perspective? I don't know. This is, this is, it's not, there, there's, there has, has never been a better moment for, to reflect on your daily lives, your daily life, your routine, what's important for you. I think this is, something that changes your perspective uh, for, with everything from the appreciation you have for the things you buy to the holidays, your, your, your um, planning or you were planning to the value of your family, the, the moments well spent all the missed yeah the missed opportunities to be with people you really care about i think this is a, a great moment for reassessing everything and let's see it, i hope we we can learn from that the, the worst thing we can we can hope for is to go back to normal we should go to normal but it's a new normal and maybe not going back to the the rush we had before we were rushing through the day 
like no end that was that that was a little bit unhealthy i guess well ada thank you for sharing that perspective i hope a lot of people hear that and take that to heart because i think it's something we all need to take to heart uh you mentioned earlier uh the need for ventilators and just the continuing death toll we've heard a lot of news reports saying that there aren't enough doctors or medical equipment in Italy to treat everyone what are you seeing and hearing uh well what i the problem is especially from in the beginning there was a lot of contagion among the um health um professionals they pretty much didn't know what they were dealing what, what they were dealing with and uh, so many of them got sick and they had to be quarantined so you don't have that's for sure that you don't have enough personnel to replace such a hole so some of them are going you know out from the quarantine and go back to um better equipped and more you know um conscious of what they're doing and now it's clear what's going on and that that's pretty much what what's what's been happening it also uh we you know we have um a universal healthcare we pay a lot of taxes in Italy uh, but we have universal healthcare so the problem is there's been uh this investment in the past 15 years when it came when it comes to uh employing new doctors and improving the hospitals and everything so now uh you know of course a, a, a pandemia or a pandemic can occur every 100 years so you never expect to have these kind of problems the thing is it happened this is a situation we have now and now we have a shortage of uh people that are currently working per- permanently at a in um at a ho- hospitals and and professional institutions so i think that is something that the, the government already said that they were um are about to change their policies in this matter and reinvent, reinvest a lot more because this has been very important for us to at least have the people have the opportunity to be treated um regardless of their income or whatever it is because we we are treated pretty much the same here when it can when it comes to to health so yes there are a lot of doctors that unfortunately got sick some of them have died they called back people that were already retired um which is Uh, that's a little bit dangerous because those are people over 60 so they become they are part of the risk group and then there there has been these um, um missions coming from abroad with doctors and nurses but that is another problem that can be you know that that could be another problem because they don't speak the language and anyways they are Yes, they they had to call people that were retired. Wow. Or yeah, very young right. or just graduating or very young, so well. It complicates things a lot for yes. sure. Yeah, that could be. So, lastly, Aura, what would you want the United States and even the rest of the world to know about what Italy has been through? Um I think that the best lesson to be learned here is never underestimate a threat. and never think that if your neighbor 
uh, our neighboring country is having a hard time, that it cannot happen to you. And that we make, we must make sure that mo you know almost all people can have a continuous um, healthcare system that can cater for everyone. And you know, prepare always prepare for the worst, and try to uh, I, I think try to pretty much imitate what we've been doing here when it came to social distancing people to not let even if it's could be a little bit controversial not don't let you know the public health uh, of a whole country depend on people's opinions or you know the lay person talking and thinking what's best I think there must be one voice was strong voice aided by local authorities to lead the people in these difficult circumstances. Well, Alda, thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Signal podcast. It's been really great to have you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's been great, you know, talking about this. Keep safe. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. We appreciate your patience as we do record remotely during these weeks. Please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify, and please leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts to give us your feedback. Stay healthy, and we'll be back with you on Monday. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Thalia Rampersad, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit dailysignal.com.